Hey guys, what's going on? It's Evan Transu, aka Mr. Health Coach Ev here. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Overcoming Mental Health Challenges podcast. I am your host. Um, and if you are just tuning in for the first time, we are a podcast about you know people who have dealt with real mental health challenges and have resolutions to these things. So that does not mean that they're necessarily cured or living some perfect life. That's not what any of this is about. Overcoming mental health challenges is really about people who have been in a place, you know, that wasn't so great. And then they've learned certain coping strategies to help them otherwise get to um, or get to an otherwise better place where they can still go out and live a normal life. I've been through that myself. I have my story on this podcast and many other platforms. But when I started sharing my story, I realized that it was having a lot of power. And I started to understand it wasn't necessarily because I was a good speaker or anything like that. It was just because stories connect with people. And that was one of the things that made me want to start this podcast because, you know, we've had so many different types of people on so many different backgrounds and different types of, you know, mental health challenges, and they just connect to different people each week. So I absolutely love doing this. If you ever want to be a part of the podcast, you can go to um, www.evantransue.com. And you can go to OMHC podcast. That's a little tab that you'll see at the top or you can see it in the menu slot. And you can go to that tab. And at the bottom there is a very brief form just with your name and subject line. And if you'd ever like to interview for the podcast and share your story, you're more than welcome to do that. We do anonymous recordings. We do recordings with first name only. Um, it's completely up to you. But, you know, there is no such thing as um, a bad story. I like to have anyone and everyone on who is willing to share out there. So. Um, it's always appreciated. You do not need to have shared your story before. Um, it really is just we're pretty laid back with it. And we're just out here just trying to share um, some real stories to help people. So today is an interesting one because it's one of those ones where we have an old friend of mine. You know, I've had people that I've never met in person on this podcast. I've had people that are from other countries, which is so cool. We had that somewhat recently to know that we're going international. It's really fun. Um, and today is like total childhood friend thing. Um, his name's Scott Werner. We like, I didn't grow up in the same neighborhood as him, but all of my best friends did. And, you know, I'd go over there and hang out all the time. And uh, we had such a good time always. It was th that classic neighborhood friend group that you play basketball with. You know, you always just walk around to the stores. You're, you're basically all bored pretty much the entire summer, uh, but at least you get to be bored together. So that's kind of one of those um, that's how we met. So Scott, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks, Evan. Yeah. So, um, Scott reached out to me about, I would say maybe like almost a year ago now, maybe even a little more, I think. And it was cool because I started sharing some stuff online. Um, again, just about, you know, the things that I went through mental health wise, um, and Scott and I, you know, just over time, it was one of those things where, we kind of just disconnected, you know, people go their separate ways. It was never a bad thing. It was just, it's like one of those times where you try to think about like, what was the last time I talked to that friend or that person? Um, it was never planned. So um, it was kind of surprising when he reached out to me. And then we literally, we went to the old neighborhood. So we just walked around pretty much for uh, probably two hours. And uh, we just had a huge kind of like heart to heart about the different stuff that we've um, gone through. And then recently Scott reached out to me and said, you know, he wanted to share um, his story on the podcast. So um, I was just, I'm totally about that and just thought it was awesome. So 
Scott, I know you've listened to a few episodes you were saying, and we always start the podcast off in the exact same way. And that's just to get a little background on the person and figure out, um, you know, maybe when this stuff started or, you know, maybe it didn't start till later in life. Now, of course, I know your story a little bit, but, you know, for the audience out there, um, what was, you know, your life like as a kid? Like, who was Scott Warner? What did you like to do? Um, you know, what was life like? Well, uh, so as a kid, I wasn't very good at school. Um, I did not enjoy school. Um, I was more into sports. Um, I loved uh, playing lacrosse. Um, I wrestled. Uh, I ran track and cross country. I just like I was a very active child growing up. Um, by the time uh, I got to middle school, actually, uh, I suffered a couple concussions that ended up uh, finishing my um, sports career. Uh, so that was definitely a tough moment uh, growing up. Got it. Got it. And um, so with the concussions, was that from like wrestling and stuff? I, I don't remember which sport you got those from. Those were from lacrosse, actually. Um, yeah, they, they were. I got I got I would get hit. I would get blindsided in the side of my head and uh, I got knocked out for a certain amount of time. Um, and it just was an extremely long recovery process um, doing visits with CHOP and uh, just trying to get back to normal life. Right. And so I know for um, you, there was like the concussions were a huge thing with the mental health stuff. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, those were actually the places where this kind of stuff started. So maybe you could tell us, because I know concussions have a lot more to do than just with mental health. I mean, these things for most of us, right? Like I've gotten a concussion in my life. I've probably gotten two or three of them even. And these were things where, yeah, I mean, I noticed something immediately happening. Like my, my vision was a little weird. I've never been knocked out, thankfully, but my vision was weird. I maybe got a little nauseous and, you know, maybe I had some trouble with lights or even reading for a day or two, but then maybe three or four days goes by. And honestly, I felt completely fine after that. And I was able to get back to normal. So I think the majority of people has, have either never had one or they don't know that they've had one. Um, or they have had one and they've been in a situation like me, but there is a, a pretty good, decent amount of people out there that you just don't hear about enough that have had concussions in it. And it really changes um, a lot of stuff. So whether it's you know the physical or mental side of things, what kind of happened when you first got those um, two concussions? Like what did, what did that look like afterwards? Well, yeah, the uh, concussions are a bigger problem than a lot of people realize. And I feel like now uh, a lot of people are starting to understand more about uh, the seriousness behind concussions and uh, the problems that it can lead to. Uh, as, a, as a young kid, young teenager, uh, I ended up getting a couple concussions. Uh, my first one was in seventh grade, playing lacrosse. And my last one was in the summer of ninth grade. So basically, over a short period amount of time, I, I got four concussions. So that was definitely a lot. Um, and that last concussion was definitely the worst one, which I ended up just becoming so sick. And the symptoms weren't as bad when I first got it. So in the first like two weeks or so, I definitely felt like I had a concussion. And you go through the same protocol where, you know, uh, don't stare at your phone for a long period amount of time. Don't play video games. Um, just rest. You need your rest and let your brain kind of heal itself. And after 
probably a month was when it started really getting worse. And I ended up going to see uh, CHOP. Um, and we obviously ran tests. I scored extremely poor on my concussion um, test. And uh, I actually scored one of the worst I've, I ever scored. It was, it was, it was really bad. Um, and I just, I struggled with being able to walk in a straight line. Um, I had to go through, I had to go through, uh, vestibular. I feel like I don't know what that is, but vestibular is definitely a word. (laughs) So is it? Yeah. uh, Yeah. It's like a, basically I had, I had to go through some, some therapy to some physical therapy to help with, um, reaching, basically reteaching myself how to like help myself uh, get my balance back was a big thing and um, oh, and basically how to uh, do some other things too like uh, work on my making sure my eyes weren't as blurry because I would get my eyes would get really blurry and um, the lights would hurt my eyes so uh, we would go through all these different steps to try to help myself like feel better obviously um, and it was just it ended up being a really long process. It took, it took the whole um, year of from the summer of ninth grade to when I was going into high school to um, to feel better. Wow! So yeah. the whole year, I mean, academically, I think you had said like they weren't even scoring you uh, grade wise. Was that just applied the whole year? Like they literally yeah the grades. Yeah, well, I would do my homework, obviously, but um, I just wasn't, I didn't have as much weight kind of deal on me, which was extremely helpful because there was days where, like, I would, I, you know, um, in middle school, we had, what, seven periods or whatever amount of yeah. time we had. And, uh, you know, there might have been a day where, like, I got through second period and then I was in the nurse's office because I felt so sick. And then I would end up going home. So it was, it was... It was a much, it was difficult kind of kind of deal um, to be able to get through the whole day without experiencing not uh, feeling like you're going to throw up, uh, having headaches, uh, your eyes in a lot of pain, um, exhaustion, all, all those different kinds of things. Wow. Do they have like, were they using some kind of medication for this, or is this all just like kind of like uh, you know more physical therapy type stuff that you just have to go through and just kind of wait it out? Uh, yeah, so basically, um, for that time, I was on a medication to help with uh, with your brain to uh, recover, kind of kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not too sure the name of the medication, oh, that's uh, okay. but uh, it was definitely a lifesaver. Uh, it definitely helped helped me get through the day. With um, I still had pain, but. If I didn't have the medication, it definitely would have been a much longer recovery process and um, a lot more pain kind of deal. So, oh, well, I feel like an idiot because I wasn't even, I'm not even like thinking about this. This is just like, it really is a new kind of concept to me overall. I'm thinking about all the things that are, you kind of feeling sick, but probably, yeah, one of the number one symptoms is, I mean, I guess your head hurts like a lot of the time. Oh, man. Yeah. It's just like that throbbing, that throbbing headaches. and yeah, it, like you know, you could be sitting in your living room and just 
the lights just hurt your eyes. So a lot of the times when I was growing up, like I had to wear sunglasses, uh, 20 foot, you know, not, not all day, but, um, a lot of time, a lot of time I would have to wear my sunglasses just to like give myself some ease. And I do know, um, I have to wear sunglasses at this time where even when I'm, you know, I'm an adult and stuff like my eyes are just super sensitive to light. I don't get headaches or anything, but um, sunglasses definitely make it much more comfortable for me to basically go about my day, uh, okay. even now. Yeah. So did this stuff, because there's a lot of things physically going on here, and that alone could kind of cause someone's mental health to not be great. I mean, in this ninth grade time frame of your life, that's a, I mean, it's a long time. That's a full year that you're going through, like, pretty severe stuff. Was the stuff with mental health issues... Was that beginning then, or is that something that would come later? Um, I think that's something that would come later. I definitely, you know, uh, definitely in that time I was experiencing uh, just, I was upset, obviously. I, I lost sports from my life, and um, which that was, the I was extremely good at. So um, it was definitely a adjusting period to like you know realize like now i don't have my sports so it was hard to adjust um kind of deal so obviously when someone's been doing sports for so long it's just uh it's not easy just to stop kind of deal you 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 have that um you have that competitive urge in you so um it was just difficult to yeah just not to be able to have the stuff that you loved uh which I obviously, when I grew up, I understood the purpose of why I couldn't play sports anymore. Because um, concussions are very serious, and you know you don't know what could happen if you got another one, kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So, uh, since my last one was really bad, it was definitely the right decision to make sure I stopped and um, you know recover and get the rest that I really needed. Um, I felt like the most difficult thing was like, you know, if you broke your arm, people would see, oh, he broke his arm. You know, you break your leg, people would be, oh, he broke his leg. But uh, with the brain, it's just um, people don't understand, especially at that age when I was like, uh, people just wouldn't get the fact that how sick you could, how sick I was feeling. Um, So that was definitely a um, learning experience and definitely a hard thing to through wow i just totally like you know how i do these little excerpts for the um audios that is like what you just said is a hundred percent the excerpt i'm going to use because i just think that's so powerful for so many people listening the the analogy between the broken arm like this is something you can see and you know i'm still going through all this stuff it could be just as much pain if not more pain than a broken arm but it's kind of hard for people to see and that applies for like a lot of the things with the concussion, let alone the mental health things. Like I think a lot of us that have dealt with or are dealing with mental health challenges can totally relate to that. You know, like in our own mind, there's so much going on. But from the outside world, we, we might look uh, like a completely you know, normal person that's not going through um, any type of health stuff. And it's a shame because that's sometimes what accidentally causes the stigma around these health issues, because you can see a broken arm. And you're like, wow, like instantly you just think about that would really stink. I wouldn't want my arm to be broken. Um, I yeah. would be in 
pain. It's very hard to understand that, you know, if someone tells you that, hey, I go through, you know, this anxiety or whatever, like I have, um, and it's just kind of hard to picture that. So what were, um, I mean, we don't have to go too deep into it or anything, but what were some of the mental health symptoms that happened? And I also, I guess, you know, before you answer that, the question I really wanted to know was, do you believe that the concussion itself, just like how the concussion caused, let's say, vomiting or pain, did the concussion cause mental health problems or did the circumstances that the concussion caused lead to mental health problems or was it a little bit of both? Like, what is your opinion on that? Uh, uh, that is a loaded topic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I definitely, after those concussions, I obviously wasn't the same. You know, I, obviously my brain was um, was messed up and I needed some serious treatment to help myself get back to um, being somewhat of a normal uh, feeling person kind of deal. And uh, yeah, I, I do believe that concussions can play the part in having problems um, in your later on in your future. Um, but I'm just not sure. I, I, I believe it, but um, I'm not a scientist. <laughs> so, no, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just wanted to kind of know um, your opinion with it, and I appreciate the honesty. So, like, do you think it would be fair to say, though, that maybe in this case it was like a little mix of both? Like, it did change some brain stuff, but it also just, hey, this is a crappy situation, and that's a lot of... I mean, who wouldn't be a little upset if that's what you're going through? You know what I mean? Like, that's that's a pretty serious thing to have to endure, especially as a kid. So um, I think that's a good answer. I get that. What were, was it mainly anxiety and depression type of stuff that um, you dealt with? Or like, what were some of the feelings that were experienced mental health wise as a result of all these things with the concussion? So after the concussions, I, the problem is um, that there's a lot of things I don't quite remember about the about this about what happened or um my past in my in my childhood um so i just know that like i it was hard to um adjust i'm not too sure to what extent i just know that like i you know i felt upset because i lost sports i felt sick because i, I you know i was sick so uh, for an extended period of time um, I felt that I lost friends due to me not playing sports. Um, so it definitely was a tough situation, but I know I wasn't feeling right, but I don't know to what like extent, you know what I mean? Like now yeah. I can say, now I can say, yeah, I have anxiety right now kind of deal. But, you know, at that time. I'm not too sure um, to what extent, uh, to, you know, you know what I mean? If yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Well, this is actually really interesting because, I mean, obviously there's just a natural thing that as we get older, you know, memories from younger years kind of fade away. But like you're referring to the fact that like the concussion was so bad that like, do you just have uh, kind of parts of your memory just completely cut out? I, I wouldn't say not there. I would just say, um, 
I can't remember the whole thing kind of deal. Um, so there's, you know, there's things that I remember about my childhood where I definitely remember it. But then there's also some things where, like, it's a lot more difficult to remember kind of deal. Um, wow. So, yeah, it's a... Yeah, it's a it's definitely a difficult um, thing to experience. And is this something? So those we won't call them, you know, complete missings of memories, but let's just say those, uh, you know, it's kind of a little foggy or something. It, did that start applying to memories that were there before the concussion, or only during the time after the concussion? Uh, I would say before the concussion as well. Um, wow, that it would that it would just become foggy. Um, you know, like one day I might remember a detail about something and then like, um, I just can't get past that detail kind of deal. And then like, it might come back in my, a couple of days later, it might, I might get the next part of the detail. Um, it's, you know, it's very like, I can get fragmented kind of deal. Okay. Um, Got it. So, uh, yeah. all right. So we had that aspect of all this, obviously you can't remember necessarily like, Okay, this is, you know, now you're able to identify today anxiety, but then it was just kind of like, I don't feel good, and who the heck could blame you? I mean, obviously, this is um, not a joke, and it's it's serious stuff. What was the point? Was it directly, like, just after that ninth grade year, or, like, when was the point that you started to feel that the major things with the concussion uh, were gone and it kind of given you a break? I would say in high school, um, probably... Probably tenth grade, somewhat in some time in tenth grade, and then all through the rest of high school, um, I didn't have concussions. You know, I didn't, I didn't have any concussions. Um, so I, I definitely, I, I definitely struggled in school. I, I struggled in school before concussions, and then after concussions, it was um, a little bit more difficult to be able to. Um, you know, stay focused on the task and um, stay interested in in uh, the classes. And we all know that, like, as a high school or middle school um, student, it's it's hard to stay interested in your classes anyways. But I, I think the what was, like, different for me was, like, just what happened in the past. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and I wanted to, like, well, yeah, because you're right, because there is, like, a baseline thing that happens uh, to all of us as teenagers where we're just, like, we do not want to learn this stuff. But, yeah, um, yeah, I can imagine it just adds an extra layer to it. And I feel like, dude, you're someone who, even if you didn't necessarily like school, you've always been, like, a good guy, like, you do the right thing, you know, like, I'm sure you're at least someone that would try in school, and then you have this aspect where it's, even if you do try, okay, it's still challenging um, to do that, so... I understand that. Is this something that does the concussion type of stuff? Do you think that still has a lingering effect to this day, or would you say that you are like you were before this? Oh, yeah, another another loaded question. I, I like I, I'm not too sure, honestly. But for I, I think that con my concussions have definitely made an impact um, at. You know, since I'm an adult, like at uh, this age of my life, um, it, just because, you know, when you get your brain um, messed up, you know, hit repeatedly, um, and the last one being really bad, um, it definitely is in the back of your head that like, wow, 
you know, could that be one of the one of the reasons why I'm feeling this way at this point? Um, right. But there's also so many other things that you know could could happen. You know what I mean? That could have um, could have made me feel anxious at this point. So it's not like I it's not like a definite answer. But again, it's you know it is my past, so it is possible. But yeah, I'm just not sure. No, and that's okay. I actually think yeah. the answers to these questions, if anything, they're helping um, my definitely myself, and I'm sure other people listening out a little bit because like there is a lot of confusion about concussions in the scientific community. You know, we have tons to learn, but it seems like for someone that's dealt with it, it could cause the same confusion. You know, if you have anxiety about something, you almost have to ask like, okay, is this because of that, or is this because I'm just you know generally um, anxious about it, and that's how I feel anyway. Um, I want to move on from that specific topic, but there is okay. one I'd like to ask about that only because you're the first person to ever come on with this stuff. And I think there's a huge opportunity to really help people here. My one question that I'll, I'll finish with the concussion stuff is if you could go back in time and, you know, so there's someone out there right now that just got a concussion and they can kind of feel a similar thing going on is what piece of advice would you give someone maybe just getting into this, um, kind of battle with this stuff because obviously this took you a while to kind of get over like what what's some advice you would give them well um basically like i I said i definitely felt uh upset and i i can't really put a label to my feelings at that point um but i do remember sitting in you know uh chop the children's hospital and um being asked like do you feel depressed do you feel anxious and i said no at that point, because I was like, what is that? <laughs> you know, right, right. Uh, I already got so much going on in my life. What is that? But maybe if I explained at that point, like, hey, yeah, I'm just, I, I don't know how I'm feeling, but this is kind of what's going on. Maybe that could have helped me in the long run. So um, maybe just to be honest with yourself and with your doctors, your parents, um, you know, if you're if you're a teenager or a child and just be honest, because that could really, you know, maybe help speed up the process for recovery. I love asking questions like that because that advice is really simple. Right. But at the same time, it's also profound because you just hit the nail on the head with something that <laughs> I've experienced and so many other people on the podcast have experienced. And that's. You know, like you don't even necessarily know what anxiety or depression is, right? So if you're more honest about how you describe what you're feeling in general, then the people that are trained in this stuff can identify that. So I think that's actually like super powerful um, advice. So I appreciate that. And I am glad we kind of finished with that part um, on that note. So moving forward here was the anxiety and depression was that still stuff i'm guessing that was affecting you in 11th and 12th grade um and beyond no not really um i would say it was i had a break from being anxious um which was nice um and but like i said i can't i couldn't really put a label to my feelings at that point so was it was it anxiety or was it just I don't, I'm not, I don't know. Um, and yes, yeah, so that's kind of. Okay. 
So as time went on, because you said you got a break from it, was did anxiety eventually come back after high school or was that kind of the last run in you had with it? No, it, yeah, it came back. Um, I would say it came back two, two years ago um, was when I was when I started feeling uh, my emotions were starting to feel different again. And um, yeah, so it, it, it came back. It, it wasn't more, it wasn't necessarily depression, but it was definitely being anxious um, just all the time. Right. Um, and uh, that definitely made it hard to um, get through the day. Um, just to be able to put on the smile and uh, go along kind of deal. Yeah. And one of the questions, um, it's another one, just like the first one that I always like to ask people is like, when did you, because you even said, you know, when you were a kid, you didn't necessarily call what you were going through anxiety, even if it was totally anxiety. After high school, though, when you're, de- or let's say two years ago, when you're dealing um, with this anxiety again, like, what is the point that Scott looks at this and says, oh, this is anxiety? Like, when did you finally realize that that's what you're going through? Wow, yeah. Um, so basically, I so basically I had a whole year of, like, not knowing what was kind of going on. And uh, luckily, I have a great support system um, in my life. Uh, great friends, a great girlfriend. Um, and they were all very helpful. But they can only be as helpful as you can, as they can be. You know what I mean? Uh, they're not professionals by any mean, um, but they do have great advice. So it, it took about a year for me to um, get going with, hey, like this is not okay. Something's going on. Like we need we need to get some assistance with this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it definitely was a tough thing because it definitely affected personal relationships. So without being, you know, cause I, I definitely was different. I definitely wasn't my normal, um, my normal self where I, I'm, I'm very upbeat and I enjoy, you know, doing activities and I, you know, I just enjoy all different kinds of things, but it was definitely, uh, much more difficult, um, to, to go along with that. Sure. So how did that process for you start? Because you talked about having a good support network, which I think is great. Um, And you are someone that like, I like how you even when you called me up and, you know, we hadn't talked in years and um, you still were willing to share your story with me. Like, it's very authentic, man. Like you're you're willing to just be like kind of raw with like, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm going through. Did you start the process of addressing this stuff with family? Um and or like your girlfriend first, or did you go to therapy? Like, how did that process when you're like, you, you recognize, okay, this is anxiety, this, or at the very least, you recognize this isn't okay. Like you said, like something needs to be done about this. What are the steps after that to really start getting a hold of this type of stuff? Yeah. So uh, basically, um, if I first started with my girlfriend and uh, my best friend, um, and it just, just conversations about how I was feeling. And they were very accepting and very helpful. Um, but again, they can only do so much for you. Um, so it took a while to basically convince me that like something was actually wrong. Um, I just thought I could like deal with it myself kind of deal. 
I didn't want to like bother people with my problems because I didn't think my problems were that big enough to bother someone with, um, which wasn't the right way to handle it. Um, because I spent a year just kind of, just kind of getting sucked into, you know, being anxious and stuff. And, um, so then it made it a little bit harder to recorrect some of that behavior. Um, so basically I, I definitely, I, I remember clear as day how, like, how I finally said, okay, I, I'm anxious. I was supposed to go out with a friend, um, and and they came over to pick me up, and we're going to go uh, spend some time um, at a at a bar. And I felt so sick. I felt like I was going to have a heart attack. And it was like, you know, that, that panic attack. That like, you know, I, I had smaller ones throughout that year. And I definitely was starting to realize, like, hey, you know, this is a panic attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just, it was really bad. Where Like, I felt like I was having a heart attack. So... My friend drove me to the hospital and, um, you know, I got a bunch of tests done and obviously I was not having a heart attack. Um, it was stress and anxiety related. And, um, it was also because I ended up developing acid, acid reflex, um, because, uh, I was eating so poorly. I wasn't getting the proper vitamins in my system. Um, I wasn't, I, you know, I wasn't taking care of myself. I was just letting myself go kind of deal. Um, so, yeah, I got to that point, and then I was like, okay, something needs to be done. Got it. I appreciate you sharing that story about the um, hospital thing, too, because, first of all, I think you know this about my story. Like, I've been in that exact same position where I'm with a friend, um, or friends in my case, and, like, it, it's, un- it's so hard to describe to people what a panic attack is like because i feel like some people listen and they're like oh does it really feel like a heart attack and it's like no 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 like it really feels like a heart attack sometimes you and you believe it too like in that moment you might even be able to identify i because i got to the point where like i'd be dirt i'd be experiencing them i know it's a panic attack and i'm still just as scared as i was yesterday it doesn't matter. Like the feelings are so real that they completely overtake any logic or um, rational thought. And it is not uncommon at all for people to end up in the hospital because of it. Um, and then it just, it's unfortunate because it kind of embarrasses you, right? Cause you start going through the tests and by that point you're kind of chilling out and you realize you're fine. And it's just, Oh man, I, I always just really hated dealing with those types of things. And I have a lot of, you know, respect for anyone else that goes through this stuff and, and shares those types of things. So All right. So you get to this point where you realize, hey, this is something going on in my life. Um, I really need to actually do something about this and address it. I I would love to talk about some of the things that have worked best for you. We don't have to do that in any particular order. uh, But I know for a fact that you're going to want to talk about photography and stuff like that, because that's been a huge thing for you. So maybe we can just start touching on like how you got into that, what it's done for you and how it's helped you. Yeah, definitely. Um wow, photography is the best thing in my life, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, as like a coping skill. It's, it's, um, it's just awesome. Uh, I, I started, I started, um, so basically after, after I got to the hospital and, uh, I'll be honest, I, I started seeing a therapist who ended up helping me like work some, work through these issues. And, um, 
basically I just like I needed a new hobby to get something off my mind to get you know to get me to get outside and you know uh, find a new passion. Sure. And um, photography, photography was it. And um, I started just using my iPhone. And after you know, I was like, oh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy a camera. I bought a camera, and then. I just started playing with uh, nature photos, and um, yeah, so that's that's kind of how I started, um, and it, it was it was just it's great. It's um, I think it's a great token skill, and some of the reasons why um, it's become more than just taking a picture for me. Um, I know a lot of people just you know they'll they'll take a picture with their iPhone, and you know it's a nice picture. Uh, but I try to get really deep into my work. And uh, the reason I do that is because I feel like it helps me be, it helps me um, declutter uh, my anxiety, is what how I would say it. Um, so I'm someone who, with my anxiety, I, I it was hard for me to settle down in one location um, and just kind of relax. So that was very difficult. I would definitely be have racing thoughts and um, it would just be very difficult to just take a deep breath and um, see the beauty kind of deal. So a couple of months, I would say it took maybe five months or so before I started to kind of realize what it was doing for me. And um, it was at that time where I went to Shenandoah National Park, which is by far my favorite spot <laughs> and um, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Just uh, awesome views and just, oh, uh, soon, soon when it opens back up. Um, but uh, yeah, so I went down there and I just, I started falling in love with nature even more. And um, now I'm just, I, I'm trying to focus on this more intimate relationship with um, nature in the woods. Um, I, I use my, my photos as a way for me to feel confident in myself, uh, cause I definitely experienced self doubt and, uh, some confidence issues, um, because of the anxiety and photography has given me the ability to basically reteach myself how to be more confident. Um, so yeah, just a, it's been a great coping skill to have, um, and so these these intimate details that I'm trying to focus on is what has made me like extremely curious of the world because a lot of people love to look at you know the the big open landscape which is beautiful. Uh, don't get me wrong, I love some mountains and I love a beautiful sunset. Uh, but there's something more about the small details that just get me so excited. Um, I do a lot of tree photography, and I love trees. <laughs> I have this weird fascination with trees where um, I love the textures of them. I get really, I try to understand their story and just try to relate to them because trees have a lot more. Um, they can they can teach us a lot about the world and. Uh, it's always really interesting to be sitting and looking at um, one of these big trees and just be so curious on like how they got to this point. How old are they? What kind of stories could they tell if they could speak? Um, and I try to get really intimate with my with my with my work. 
Um, and it's been extremely helpful. It's by far one of the best coping skills I, I have. And, um, yeah, so. <laughs> that, that's awesome. I've had a few people on now, including yourself, that are, are, are really, like, there's a difference. You know, some people like to do art for fun, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's cool. And then there's people that talk and think like true artists. And I just love the way that you're describing that because that's not really how my brain works. Like, you know, I love being out in nature, but like, I would just never think about it the way that you're thinking about it. And it's just so clear that you have a passion for it um, and this deep interest in it. So I think that's just a really interesting thing, you know, because I know for some people out there, they might be like, all right, photography is the best thing ever. I love doing it. And then others might not really relate to it. The point is, though, you got to find those activities in your life that light you up in the same way that you can kind of hear in Scott's voice that it, it lights him up. Um, and when we find those activities, man, it's just like, I feel like the things that I love, I could be going through the worst day of my life and it doesn't cure it. Right. But at least helps out a little bit. And then you can rely on those types of things. And of course, photography is like one of the most positive things in the world. You know, I mean, how could that be a bad thing? Right. Like you're looking at um, beautiful things you're getting out of nature, like you said. So I, I love that, that. That's a huge part for you. Um, okay, cool. So one of the other things that I knew you wanted to touch on was some things with like self-care and changing perspective. Um, those were like the exact words you used with me. So can you describe like, what does that mean? And like, how can we change our perspective and how has that been relevant for you? Oh yeah. So, um, I definitely am my own worst critic <laughs> and that, that can probably be for a lot of people too. Um, and, uh, I can be very harsh on myself. Um, I, you know, it's it's not easy to sometimes be nice to yourself, but um, I definitely believe that, like, as a society, we teach, you know, our children and, and people to be kind to each other, but we kind of leave out the part where it's important to be kind to yourself um, because that's what, like, you know, if you're, if you're nice to other people, that's great, but what about yourself? Um, so I definitely... I definitely was seeing it in my in my photography, uh, and I, I I still deal with it. I you know I'm not perfect. I still uh, deal with the you know um, am I good enough kind of deal. Am I is uh, is this what I want to be doing? You know, just that that self doubt that that can come up, and um, you know I just. Uh, you know, my, my therapist has been great with helping me figure out through these emotions and just um, be more open to yourself, be more caring and just like, um, yeah, just not being so mean, just doing the activities that you that you want to do. So like um, if that's meditation or if that's running or if that's hiking um, or if that's photography, I'm making sure you give yourself that those activities that are going to help you grow and give you that, that self care that you need. And, uh, I definitely like, there's definitely been times where, you know, I, I use my, I use photography as a way to like slow down because like other times I could, you know, just be going way too fast and not really enjoying the moment. So, the, the great thing about photography for me, um, and some people I know will disagree because uh, sometimes people feel like photography will distract you from the beauty. And, uh, but for me, I'm able to like, 
you know, if it's this awesome tree in front of me with some beautiful texture and some awesome light hitting it, and it just, uh, where was it? Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought one second. That's all good. I'll edit it out. Um, oh, dang. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, yeah, so basically, I'm, I'm able to focus more on the smaller details, and that helps me slow down. I, uh, it, it, it's, it's awesome. So just the, that self-care of realizing, like, I need to do, uh, if I do this, this, and this, my attitude during the day could completely change. You know, just by, like, thinking, let's say you go for a 10-minute walk each day. That's 10 minutes of fresh air. And I know, Evan, you definitely are a big, you know, proponent of, like, getting, making sure you're getting your, getting your sun and getting your, you know, your exercise, eating healthy. Those are all self-care. But we forget about those. You know, we, we, don't, um, we don't focus on those. Um, so I, I definitely would like people to just maybe just be a little bit more kind to yourself and not just uh, not tear yourself down. Um, you know, just build yourself back up. You know what I mean? If that, if that makes sense. Well, yeah. Um, you hit the nail on the head because it's like, there's what you just said. Right. And like, even what I say, like you just mentioned, like it's so simple, but we live in a world that exactly, as you said, has forgotten about that. Like we don't do that anymore. And we have these really serious problems. A lot of us, right? Like we're going through severe anxiety. We're going through severe depression or something along those lines. And this stuff that we're talking about right now is so simple, like me with the light and getting outside and eating well or whatever, that compared to our problems because of how severe they are, we just think it can't make a difference. Well, I, mean, I can say from personal um, you know, experience that it absolutely can. I'm not saying it's going to cure it for everyone, but it's totally worth the effort to put in. Um, and then once you start feeling a little good and you get like that snowball effect, it just builds up and builds up. And then you want to go do more things and you have the energy to go do more things. So, yeah, no, it totally makes sense what you were saying. Um, OK, cool. So I think this has been like really cool. I know that we got to talk about some of the coping things that you have used. I would like to ask, too, and I know this is kind of rewinding a little bit. Um, what per? I want to word it correctly. I mean, how much would you say therapy has helped you? And this is something I always ask people because. Some people have been into therapy, some on medication, some have done both. And I always like to figure out, considering those are like a lot of the main things that uh, people use, like how much has that helped you? Would, would you change it? Would you not go um, if you could take it back or would you recommend it to everyone dealing with this type of stuff? Yeah, I definitely would, um, would not change it. Um, it is so helpful and uh, I'm very glad that I am able to go and um, talk you know there's nothing I, I at first I was very um, fearful and anxious about talking to a random stranger and talking about my feelings and not really knowing them and uh, just being so vulnerable but it's been so helpful because um, my therapist is great and has been able to like help me work through these difficult confusing emotions that most likely if I was by myself, I would not be able to figure out kind of deal. I would, I would right. definitely be like, okay, I don't feel right. But like the question is why, you know, the question is why don't I feel right? So, um, I, I definitely, my therapist helped me figure out that like, 
food is a problem for me. And even though I'm a small guy, you know, I'm only 125 pounds, I'm a small guy. Um, I definitely will eat too much and too much bad food. And I, I did that because, like, it would give me that, like, sense of um, calm for the first, you know, a certain amount of time. And then, then I mean, obviously, you know what, like, the sugar and all that stuff will do to you. And then, like, afterwards, you just crash even worse. Yeah. So uh, you're just doing uh, worse to yourself. So I was able to figure out that, like, food's a problem for me. So I have to be very mindful of um, how I'm feeling. So if I'm anxious, that's not the right time for me to go eat cookies. You know what I mean? It's not It's not the right time for me to eat ice cream because it's going to become – because I'm going to create um, a habit, which I don't want to create, obviously. So um, it definitely has helped me be just more mindful of my emotions. Um, so hopefully that, that answers the question. But, yeah, if, if – you know, the one thing that, like, I definitely was – I felt anxious about going to talk to someone, it, it was definitely worked out. For me, at least. And uh, I would definitely suggest for other people who are um, experiencing, you know, these emotions that you just don't know what to do. Then you should, you know, you should maybe look into talking to someone. And there's nothing wrong with that um, because um, I, I have someone to, like I said, I have a great support sa- support system no matter what. Um, with a great girlfriend and great best friend and great parents and family and stuff. Um, but it's just it's just nice to have that one more person to go to for some more advice. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, absolutely. I'm I'm glad to hear that that worked for you, and I love that it helped you discover that aspect of yourself with the food and stuff. And it's funny because you made a great point with why therapy is beneficial, but you also made a great kind of side point in there with the food. Did you know what, man? Like you just told it like it is, basically. Because I hear a lot of people talk about you know a coping mechanism is like eating your favorite food and stuff. And I'm not saying that like we shouldn't enjoy food. That's obviously something that humans are meant to enjoy. But like you just said, I don't really think that's the best idea to be like serving our bodies with junk when we're feeling really bad. I think that creates a really nasty habit. Um, And I know you know this because I told you before, I'm in the same boat. Like I might be a little taller, right? But I'm, I'm the same kind of thing. I'm just a skinny dude. And me and you can just completely truck through food. So that was what I always thought is like, as long as I can do that, oh, it's not having a negative effect on my body, really. And I used that as a coping mechanism, too. And I would just eat these incredible amounts of crap food. And again, you couldn't have described it better. It worked for a little bit, kind of. And then it didn't, you know, and then and it didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately. I, I, like, I regret it. Yeah. And then the, the long term fact was over a year of eating so poorly and, you know. Uh, just not taking care of myself, I end up getting acid reflux, which, you know, is not fun. Mm-hmm. And um, so it just goes to show that, like, that that, be, that those habits can create problems and, you know, can create, um, obviously, other health problems, too, if you're eating a bunch of junk food and uh, just shoving your face with food. And don't get me wrong, I'm I'm the first person to say, like, hey... I want. I would like some ice cream, but (laughs) at this point in my life, I'm I'm able to like really separate like why I want it, 
You know what I mean? Do I want it because like I haven't had it in a while and like it would be nice to have it as a treat? Or do I want it as like, wow, today was a bad day. Let's eat some ice cream, you know, kind of right. kind of deal. Um, that, that's the key is, is knowing that separation. I mean, that literally is the perfect way um, to describe it. And I think a lot of us are learning that during this uh, coronavirus quarantine. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, cool. As we're wrapping up here, um, the last question that I always I just like to always make sure everyone got in what they want to get in. And I want to just ask, I mean, it could be part of the story. It could be part of the resolution. You might not have anything for this at all. But do you feel like is there anything that um, I didn't ask the right questions and get to the point where you wanted to get to? Is there anything else you wanted to say um, to the people listening out there? Yeah, um, I actually have, I have two more things, if that's OK. Yeah, go ahead, please. Um, so uh, the perspective, the change in the perspective was uh, another big thing for me. Um, and like what I would do is like with my therapist, I would like have a graph and, um, you know, on the left side, it would say, uh, I need to do this. You know what I mean? And then on the right side, I would change it to I want to do this. So just changing that, that perspective on like just that wording can help. With your with your with how you're feeling, um, so you know, try to think of it as like again to the self care, you know, uh, making it feel like you're not forcing yourself. You want to, you want to do this, um, was definitely really helpful for me. Cool. And what was the second thing? Uh, the second thing was um, that I, a year ago I never thought I would be. A photographer so um i definitely want people to understand that like if if you feel like art can help you in your life then go for it there's you know i i am still learning every single day and that's what's great about it um and for me it's not like that making those long jumps to a goal it's making those um taking each step each day if i'm if i do one thing better each day I'm one step closer to um, reaching my goal of, you know, um, I would like to be accepted in an art residency program is my ultimate goal. And just, yeah, if, if you want to do art, go for it. It's, it's, it's totally very helpful. And I do have another friend who's also a painter who she, she experiences anxiety and depression. All, uh, she experiences that as well. And she paints and she loves it, and it helps her get through her days as well. So um, you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be born to be an artist. You know, um, you just have to, you know, you have to put in some work, and you just have to teach yourself. And, you, you know, you could definitely do it. So I just want people to understand that, like, there's other options besides, you know, uh, going for a long run or, um or some other coping skills uh, you can, you know, I know uh, your last um, person on your podcast was talking about painting, you know, painting is another great, another great um, avenue. And uh, the one thing that my therapist has helped me figure out was like, even if I don't show anyone my work, uh, I am still considered an artist. You know what I mean? Right. You don't have to, you don't have to, you know, be in an exhibit or you don't have to share on Instagram or Facebook. If you have, you know, your files on your computer or some prints on your wall or some paintings on your wall, um, that still makes you an artist. You know, it's still very beneficial for yourself. 
so that's just kind of how I wanted to uh, end the point. Awesome. Well, yeah, that's why I always ask that question, man, because I've gotten some of the best answers out of people um, when I do that. And I love that you gave that tip with um, uh, especially like dividing things needs versus wants. Because a lot of people have a misconception that therapy is just talking to someone. That is an important aspect of therapy. But therapists are also trained and they give us practical things that we can use to help um, kind of change our perspectives and and really get better. Like it's a legitimate program and with legitimate tools. So thank you for mentioning uh, that as well. And speaking of photography stuff, I know that you wanted to share your Instagram with people. Um, I think it's really cool because when you go on your Instagram as someone who's kind of I wasn't seeing you from the beginning of the photography journey, but, you know, we've been reconnected again for uh, just about a year now, you know, probably a little more than that. And it's been really interesting, especially when you send me or sent me the work uh, just a few days ago to use for the cover art for this podcast. Like you're getting like a lot better, man. So it's cool to be able to document your progress. Um, Where can people find you and check out your work? Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, It's Scott Werner underscore photography just on instagram and um yeah you can go through my stuff if you like um i definitely you can kind of see my progression and um i honestly over the weekend i just took one of my best photos i've ever taken that i've i've fallen in love with so uh that's really rare (laughs) you know it takes a lot of work to um sometimes get such a such a a piece of work that you just absolutely are in love in. So, um, yeah, if you guys want to check me out, uh, you definitely can. And, uh, I definitely, if, oh, sorry. And I, I definitely, if you guys wanted to have a conversation about photography or art or, you know, anything else, I'm more than open to have a conversation about it. Awesome. And guys, I'm going to also have his, uh, Instagram. I mean, it's pretty simple. Scott Warner underscore, uh, photography, but it will be in the show notes description um, if you guys need that. But yeah, definitely please connect and go check out his stuff. It really is cool. Um, so guys, I always, well, no, I shouldn't say always, I don't always say this, but sometimes I just feel the urge to, and hopefully um, following that intuition makes sense. But if this is the day, you know, they, that you're thinking about, Hey, like, you know, why have I not um, you know, gotten help with these things yet? This is the time, right? This is, especially if you're listening to this close to when it was released, which is during the midst of this coronavirus pandemic, this is a really tough time for a lot of people with mental health issues. But at the same time, it's one of the best opportunities to actually have a free enough schedule for many of us, not all of us, certainly, but for many of us to actually do the work that we need to feel better. So it's kind of this bittersweet thing. And I encourage you, you know, if you are out there right now, dealing with this stuff in silence, you can make the day today that you stop doing it alone, right? You can start that conversation. Uh, You can email that therapist or you could start working with your doctor. There's tons of options out there. And of course, I'm always willing to send resources to people um, who need them, especially if you're local. I have a lot of good connections around the area for this type of stuff. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Overcoming Mental Health Challenges podcast. You've been listening to your host, Evan Transu, aka Mr. Health Coach Ev. Um, and a long-term friend and our guest today, Scott Werner. If you guys want to know anything more about subscribing to the, or uh, excuse me, applying for the podcast or working with me or seeing more about what I'm doing, you can go to www.evantransu.com. But until, um, or outside of that, we will see you guys next week. Thanks so much.